Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome in to a Friday edition of the JP Peterson Show. I'm your host today, Nick Geddes. JP is not here today, unfortunately. He's uh, a little under the weather, so he could not make it in today. So I'll be holding it down here for the next two hours. Tampa Bay sports-centric uh, talk today. And, of course, we're going to have a good show, though. T.J. Reeves, Buccaneer sideline, uh, sideline reporter, is going to join us at 1030. And we're going to dive in a little deeper to the Buck schedule. And T.J., the renaissance man that he is, we're going to get into a little bit of what we've seen in the NBA lately. Uh, the NHL, we had a crazy four-overtime thriller last night between the Panthers and Hurricanes, so we'll dive into that a little bit. Uh, and we'll have a great conversation with TJ coming up at 10.30. Uh, and, of course, Sean is going to join me uh, probably around 11.15 today. Uh, and we'll kind of go over more ACC expansion. We dived into that a little early, earlier. Sean has some really good insight on that kind of stuff and some good thoughts on that. So we'll get him on at 11.15 uh, and continue some other discussions, some NFL news and notes, of course, with the Bucks as well. Uh, but la- yesterday, though, we had an early game. Rays and Mets here looking to see who was going to win this series. And unfortunately, the Rays fall to the Mets 3-2. to two. They drop the series. They finish the road trip 4-6. and 4-6. and six. And what's so alarming, not, not maybe not alarming is the right word, but disheartening, rather, is all the last four losses they had on this road trip were one loss or one run games, lost by one run, and it was the bullpen in every single game. Some to a greater extent than others that kind of imploded on itself. Yesterday was not a great example of that because Zach Latrell came or Zach Latell came in. Uh, in the sixth inning to relieve Todd Bradley after it became a 2-2 game. And it was just a slow roller by Tommy Pham. It is what it is. The Rays just could not hit yesterday uh, really at all. Uh, four through nine in the lineup yesterday for the Rays. 0-4. 0-4 yesterday. Four for nine for the lineup. Uh, just not a good day at the office for the bats. Uh, and sometimes it's going to happen, but... The bullpen is still an issue for this team, as we've highlighted, and I expect them to probably make a move when we get closer to the deadline, but we've got to get there first. Uh, like I said, 4-6 and six on the road trip. It's okay, but at least they come home now, and you have uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, and the Dodgers. So you get some home cooking for a while, but you've got three really good teams coming in here, three playoff teams coming in here. So it's not going to get any easier for these Rays. It's not going to get any easier for this pitching staff. Uh, and yesterday, at least, we did get to see Taj Bradley. And, you know, I mentioned yesterday before we signed off, I thought this was going to be maybe a uh, a challenging start for Taj because it felt like the Rays kind of gave the Mets some momentum for their season uh, the night prior, right? And I was feeling that it was going to be maybe kind of a a turnaround for the Mets season here. But And Taj got off to as bad of a start as you could probably imagine, uh, loading the bases. He had some command issues, uh, kind of how what we've seen with him in Durham the last three starts. But he was able to settle down. He made it through five. I thought he maybe potentially could have could have gone through six. But at that point, 86 pitches, you knew the Rays were going to pull him uh, and, and lead it into the bullpen. But I thought it was a good outing from Taj. And I think he deserves every 
Uh, he deserves the right to stay in the rotation. They need him in the rotation. I don't see the sense of continuing to throw him back down to AAA to, to work out these things. Uh, I have no problem letting him work it out at the big league level. I think he needs those, those high-end reps uh, for sure. Uh, the one mistake he made yesterday, and it's the same mistake that Peter Fairbanks made the day before, is throwing high fastballs to, to Pete Alonzo, who's up to 16 home runs this season, which leads Major League Baseball. Um, you just cannot throw that guy high a high fastball. can't throw the polar bear high fastball, and, and Todd is going to learn from that. He made him pay. Uh, but again, I thought it was a, a pretty good outing. All things considered from Todd Bradley, just gave up three hits. I think more often than not, if you give up three hits and two runs, you expect to win the game. Uh, but again, the Rays just could not get it done offensively. Uh, the only player who I think stood out yesterday for the Rays offensively was Josh Lowe, and he was the standout uh, offensively for the Rays yesterday, as he was the standout, I think, of the entire road trip. Which, by the way, if the Rays could play all their games on the road, which you know, we don't want, but I think Josh Lowe would appreciate it because his OPS is over 1,200. Over 1,200 his OPS is this year on the road. That is second in Major League Baseball um, last time that I had checked. It might, he might be in first now based on what we've seen yesterday. Uh, but he had another home run, his 10th of the season. He's up to 10 home runs and 30 RBIs. And here was the shot off ten, uh, McGill yesterday in the sixth inning to tie things up at two. That's a shot back into center field. Nemo turns around to the track. He'll look up. That baby's gone. Home run to center field off the bat of Josh Lowe. His 10th home run of the year. Yeah, 10th home run of the year for the Rays. And by the way, they are out to a historic start, as we know. But the, the numbers with this team are just absolutely insane. Now when it comes to home runs, I believe they have 10 guys in the lineup with five home runs or more. And now I think you throw 11 in there. Now that, or Yeah, you, I think it's 11, actually. you got 11 guys with five home runs or more. The first team in Major League Baseball history, and it will be history, to do that in 50 games. And the Rays did it, I think, the other night in 43. So 11 guys, five home runs or more, in under 50 games. It is an absolutely insane tear that this lineup is on from a power standpoint. And Josh Lowe, I think, is starting to lead the way. I liked him there in that leadoff spot with Yandy not playing. Uh, they kind of gave Harold a shot to be the leadoff guy, and he responded with three hits. Josh Lowe responds yesterday with a two-for-four performance with a home run. Uh, so it's become you can plug anybody in that position at the moment, and they're going to produce. And uh, I've been saying it. Josh Lowe, to me, is a prime candidate to get an extension Maybe during the season this year, maybe at the end of the season, I would lock him up probably to one of those six-year, seven-year, $100 million type dollar deals. I would absolutely get it done. I think he's put himself uh, the main core, the future, whatever you want to call it, of this team, and I would get that done. Uh, so that was great to see from Josh Lowe. Uh, and let's hear from Josh Lowe, by the way, because he spoke with uh, the media yesterday. Because, again, standout of the road trip, uh, and here was his thoughts on that. The home run for you today, a strong road trip for you, but we'll start with this game. What do you guys kind of chalk this game up to in the last couple losses? Just kind of move on. Um, they played us tight today. They came back and had some big hits yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, we just didn't get the big hit today and, and get the few guys on and get the big hit in that moment. Um, 
but you know we'll come out tomorrow and get after it. You've had such a strong start to the season, but particularly this road trip, has there been anything particular clicking for you at the plate that's allowed you to put up these numbers? Maybe I just like New York. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, I'm just trying to stay within myself, and like I've been saying all year, just getting good pitches to hit, um, putting swings on those good pitches over the plate. Nice to get back home after this uh, trip because you got a big homestand coming up. Yeah. Um, I was kind of saying it today. I forgot we even went to Baltimore on this trip. It was a long trip. Um, but, I mean, I know everybody's excited to get home, have 10 days at home, and get in our own beds tonight and get back in the trap tomorrow. How would you describe the trip that's on the field? I think you guys went four and six, and six of the games were one-run games. <laughs> um, it was just long. I mean, we played three really good teams there. I mean, all three of these teams are going to finish you know, probably in the postseason, um, I would imagine. So, you know, it's they just their other teams are playing right now and playing good. Um, you know, kind of just keep moving on. Yeah, that's kind of the encouraging thing. As as disheartening as I said it was that it's been the bullpen that's kind of been the issue. And obviously, if you've been paying attention to the Rays, we're not used to having bullpen issues, right? So we're not coping with it well right now. I know there's a lot of fans who are going crazy on social media and they're calling for trades right now. Uh, nobody's making trades in, in May. Unless you want to give up Kyle Manzardo, which you don't want to do, and unless you want to give up Todd Bradley, nobody is making those trades in May. Um, they're going to have to kind of just ride this out at the moment. They're going to have to hope to get some guys back. Obviously, you got Fairbanks back. You're going to have to keep this guy in, I guess, 70-degree-plus weather, and that's going to be good for the summer. I hate That's a real thing. That is a real thing that I have to say that now, that that I'm looking forward to the summer so Peter Fairbanks can can pitch in 70-degree-plus weather now going forward because we've already established that he can't pitch in the cold, right? We've already established that. Um, but for right now, they've got to ride this bullpen out and hope that they can turn it around. You're not making a deal this, this early in the season. That's going to be something that happens around July. Uh, and as to the to Luke W's point here, this bullpen needs to settle. It's just a constant cycle of guys in and out. Uh, but Ryan Thompson is a mess. Yeah, Thompson has been a mess. You're absolutely right about that. I don't think he has much faith in his pitches right now. Um, thought he may have turned a corner a little bit last year. But and the other thing to consider here with the Rays, they have played a lot. I mean, a lot of baseball. I think they've only had one off day. Believe it or not. One off day since April 29th. Just one off day. That is a lot of baseball. From April 29th to May 18th, they have had just one off day, and they had a 10-game uh, road trip as well mixed in with that. And the encouraging thing there is most of these games were, were one-run games. If you look at the losses here on this road trip, 4-2 to Baltimore, right? 2-1 to Baltimore, 6-5 New York, 9-8 New York, 8-7 New York, uh, the Mets that is, and then 3-2 Mets. So five of the six losses were one-run games. That was it. And the other one was a, was a two-run game. This, team doesn't, this team's not getting blown out, right? They're in every single game. It's literally just been some bullpen issues that have cost them on this, this road trip, really. That's it. So if you're looking for things that are wrong with this team, listen, they're still 33 or 32 and 13 rather tops in Major League Baseball. The Orioles are starting to come back down to earth a little bit, right? I think they're 6 and 6 in their last 12. So they're not winning every they're not keeping score with the Rays like they were kind of uh, a couple weeks ago. So you still have a, a decent little margin there in the AL East. You do have to worry about the Yankees, 
who played the Rays tough, and they're coming on seven three seven and three in their last ten, and I believe they just won three out of four in Toronto against the Blue Jays. So the Yankees and they and they have yet to really even get as healthy as they could be. So you got to worry about the Yankees, um, and even as Luke uh, Luke W added here. Bright side is the pen has maybe four guys who could be in the pen in July, August. Armstrong, Kittredge, uh, and the two kids, Colby White uh, and Evan Reifert. Yeah, I know they're excited about White and, Re- and Reifert. I'm pretty sure that potentially we'll see those guys eventually. Uh, Kittredge is the wild card there. Uh, Andrew Kittredge, we forget, was an all-star in 2021. He was the best guy they had in this bullpen, and he has the Tommy John. Uh, hopefully, you, maybe you can get him back in July. Maybe you get him back in August. But definitely, that's a high leverage guy that would work. Uh, Sean Armstrong, eh, he's just a guy. I think he's just a guy. Uh, but they need all the help they can get back there. But um, nonetheless, I mean, four and six on the road trip, five of them one one run games. It's hard to really to really go in on this team right now because. Uh, if they continue to be in every game like this, I think they're going to win more than not. And uh, so they'll get Milwaukee tonight, uh, who I believe is still hanging on to first place in the NL Central. One game ahead of the Pirates, yep. So uh, good team Milwaukee coming in. But let's hear what Kevin Cash had to say yesterday um, about the Rays. You know, throw strikes. He did get the ball on the ground. We just he kind of hit it where we weren't. Uh, well pitched ball game on both sides. We just came up short in the end. Taj Bradley. I mean, he seemed like he gave you what you, what you guys needed today. What'd you see from him? Yeah, really impressed with Taj. I mean, it looked like I don't know if we could have expected that that performance the way the first inning started and uh, the the strike zone just wasn't there for him easily. But he did a nice job. You know, for a young pitcher to come in, reset himself, and really gave us four good of work, so got to be pleased with that. Offensively, what did you see from them today? Maybe a, a moment there was Harold getting caught in the rundown after the Josh Lowe home run, but what did you see? Yeah, I mean, the heads-up play by them. They, Alonzo, Mikey Perez, we know Mikey well. He's got a cannon for an arm, um, and the back pick, ideally, you know, with Brandon at the plate, we want to take our chance right there, but it didn't happen. Just the, the road trip overall, you did a four and six, and six yeah. games were one-run games. Yeah. How do you view it? Um, like two, two or three games didn't go our way. Um, you know, we were close a couple, but close doesn't necessarily cut it. So um, frustrating. Curious in the first inning. I know Luke hasn't played a lot of first. Yeah. Is there a possible double play there? No. No. It's very tough to turn a double play with a left-handed batter. Right. Getting down the line pretty good. We're going to bank the out, guarantee the out. There was a skipper, Kevin Cash, right there after the 3-2 loss to the Mets to drop the series two games uh, to one there. But he used the word frustrating. Yeah, I think that's a fair use of the word. It is frustrating because you get out to such a hot start, you kind, you kind of – grown accustomed to winning all these games and especially these tight ones and um it's not out of the out of the realm to say that the Rays honestly could have won every game on this on this road trip I mean it, but that's baseball some bounces go your way some don't uh it's a, there's small margins right now and the Rays unfortunately were on the the wrong side of those in six ball games but uh no worry whatsoever uh, it's good for them, I think, to play this really good competition early in the season. Let's see what they're made of. Everybody wanted to see it. I believe they're still number one or two in, in baseball right now, record-wise, versus teams over 500. So for anybody that's still skeptical of the race start there, 
Uh, there's no need to be. This is a really good baseball team, and it's going to be good to see them at home. Hopefully we get good crowds this weekend. I'm expecting good crowds, especially for the Dodgers series, so that's going to be fun. I'm going to try to make it out there for a game um, for that. Uh, so that's on the field. Uh, yesterday, if you if you missed it, really encourage you guys to go check it out. Already was getting we got some great feedback from it. Uh, we spoke to Hillsborough County uh, County Commissioner Ken Hagen yesterday, uh, as the Rays met with the city of Tampa to discuss some more possibilities for uh, a new stadium. Which I know there's stadium fatigue. I think is a real thing in this area. And I think a lot of people are almost tired of hearing the same things all the time being said without any movement. And I understand that. I absolutely understand that. And I'm sometimes I fall into that trap of what JP says all the time. Listen, just get it done. I don't care where it goes. I know the team's going to stay here, and let's just move forward with it. Because it's, so, it's, it's become such a tiring topic, right? But I thought what Ken said yesterday, he gave some good stuff. And, uh, you know, 70% confidence that it'll come in, it'll it'll... It'll be in Tampa, and he said he'll, he'll have an even better assessment on that in about two months. And that's when he said that they're going to have uh, a proposal for a financial model, uh, which is good to see because that's the whole question here is how are we going to pay for this thing, who's going to pay for this thing, and where is it going to be? Those are the three big questions, and it sounds like we're going to get something like that uh, in the next two months or so, which is what Ken Hagen said. I know a lot of people are asking about location. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be there by the, the port, that port area there in between uh, Channel Side and Ebor, uh, which is a beautiful location. I think it's sustainable. Major League Baseball thinks it's sustainable. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to keep our eyes on that. And that's what Richie said here. Great show yesterday. And thank you for always listening, Richie. I really appreciate it. Uh, listen to it later in the day. I'm looking forward to when Ken Hagen comes back on in two months. Yep, we are looking forward to it as well. We always thank Ken for for giving us some time always to get those those messages out. Some other comments here. Uh, Jordan G. chiming in. Uh, They better buy some arms or this team isn't going to be very fun to watch down the stretch. Blown lead after lead. Run Glasnow out of the bullpen. Manage him appropriately. I I, I don't see why Tyler Glasnow would really have to go to the bullpen. Uh, if you're paying attention to what he's been doing in Durham, nine strikeouts in four innings, I think he, you know, I would have loved to have seen him just come up right away. I don't see why he has to have another outing down in AAA. Uh, but, you know, the Rays, they're going to be cautious, and they're going to let him get one more. He seems ready to roll. So I don't think they need to put him in the bullpen by any means. I think they need him a lot in the starting rotation right now because they're kind of piecing it together there. And even though like a Josh Fleming, like we mentioned, has come around lately and is outside of the one outing against Washington where he blew up at the end of the year, I think he's been really good. I thought Yanni was good. And, of course, he was sent down to get some bullpen options up, and I'm sure he'll come up soon. Todd is there now. You get Glasnow back with Eflin McClanahan. Now you have a rotation again. you got a true five-man rotation again, and I'd argue it's still one of the better ones in baseball, even with the injury. So I think he's definitely a value in the rotation, not the bullpen. And plus, I think Luis Patino, let's see what he can do in Durham in this new bullpen role. I, I've kind of been calling for that <coughs> uh, for the past year or so. Is Let's throw Luis Patino in the bullpen and see what he has. It's not working out as a starter. Uh, the command is not there as a starter. He gets hit around a lot. So let's just get him for one inning, 
exhaust everything that he has, and let's see what happens. There's some talent there, and hopefully they can pull away Davis. So uh, I think that's the, the plan there right now. Uh, but we'll take a break. We'll take a break again. T.J. Reeves coming up at 1030, and we'll dive into the Bucks schedule. We'll dive into some NBA news and notes uh, with T.J. We're going to go all over the place with T.J., which is always great to have him on. Uh, so we'll be back here in just a few. Stay with us. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jp sent you get a free consultation It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work, you save tons of money. 
So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. Grant Burns with 15. Bennett keeps the puck alive. Kachuk with a shot. He scores! Matthew Kachuk with 12 and 7, 10 seconds remaining in overtime number four. Uh, there was the call last night. Panthers-Hurricanes, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Matthew Kachuk ends it with 12.7 seconds to go in the fourth overtime. I believe it was 1.58 p.m. Eastern time last night when Kachuk put that puck in the back of the net. 1.58 Eastern time. My goodness. The sixth longest hockey game uh, in NHL history, it was. 
a 3-2 game. Both goalies standing on their head all night. Sergei Bobrovsky overpaid, they said, at the beginning of the year, and that was true. His starting job taken away from him. He gets it back in the playoffs. The save he made on Brad Martian in Game 5 to extend Florida State in the playoffs. And then he goes out there in an Eastern Conference Final. Panthers haven't been to one since 1996. And he makes 58 saves. Or, I'm sorry, 63 saves. 63 saves. Now, it wasn't the 90 or whatever Andre Vasilevsky made in the six-overtime game in 2020 and the bubble against Columbus, but what an effort last night by Sergei Bobrovsky. I love good stories. I think he's a really good story. Uh, I love the comeback kind of arc that he's on here, and Florida's rolling. I told you, I'm sorry, Bolts fans. I had to do it. I'm putting on my Florida Panthers cap right now. I'm riding with them in the playoffs. I want to see that. I want to see them get that cup. They've They've had enough kicks at the can here. The Lightning have been their their uh, their nemesis. They did us a favor and knocked out Boston. They did us a favor and knocked out Toronto. At the end of the day, they're a Florida team. Love Matt Kachuk, what that guy has brought. He's changed that entire team. He has changed that entire team. Uh, and, of course, he had to be the one to score. He has scored every big goal for the Panthers for the most part in this postseason. Matt Kachuk has scored it or he's been involved or he's been on the ice. This This guy, to me... MVP voting, I know, is a regular season award, but he sure looks and feels like the NHL MVP, including uh, the guy over in Edmonton. So, great game last night. Uh, Jordan said here, I passed out the start of second overtime, started getting PTSD from that six-overtime game we had a few years back, but it's a whole lot, lot stressful without the bolts involved in it. It's kind of nice. Yeah, and the one thing about these long overtime games is they kind of go on to... To, to be history and all that kind of stuff, and we think fondly of it. The six-overtime game against Columbus was honestly the most brutal watch of a hockey game I think I've ever seen. By the time they made it to the third overtime, if you recall, neither team had any legs left at all. It was like watching beer league hockey for some of it. It's like nobody had any energy whatsoever I don't recall like a single breakaway for like five five of those six overtime periods, if I remember. And it had to be a shot from Braden Point that didn't even look like a really of a threatening shot from where he took it from. But everybody was just so gassed. Eventually, one was going to go past one of those goaltenders. So I actually thought that was a slug of a a slug of a game to really get through. Last night I thought was a little bit easier to your point, Jordan, because it's not your team, right? So you can just kind of sit back and enjoy it. Um, yeah, like you, I did not make it through the whole game. I, I did not make it through the whole game. One fifty-eight, two o'clock. Just, just let's just call it two o'clock in the night. Uh, yeah, that was not for me. I made it to, I made it through uh, about halfway to through the third overtime. Is about when I made it through, where I just completely nodded off. And I think even if the Lightning were playing, I probably might have nodded off. I'm, I'm historic for for falling asleep during certain games that are late. So. Uh, that was not for me, but still a great game. Uh, Panthers go up 1-0 in that series, and, and that's a killer. I mean, whatever team was going to lose that game, that's about as gut punch as gut punch can get. It really is, especially if you're the home team and you lose that game. You're the crowd that stayed there for six hours just about to watch that game. That That is that is just terrible. That's just terrible, but um, still a lot of excitement there. Hopefully we get a much shorter game. 
uh, in Game 2. And then tonight, the Western Conference Finals are going to kick off. Uh, the Stars and the Knights um, getting it done there in Vegas. I believe Vegas has the home ice, right? Yeah, Vegas has the home ice. So, uh, yeah, 8.30 tonight, Vegas at home against uh, Dallas. So we'll see what happens in the Western Conference. So we'll should be a fun watch tonight. I'll give that a watch. All right, we'll take another break, and TJ is going to be coming up with, uh, with us here in the next few minutes. So... Stay tuned, Buccaneer sideline reporter T.J. Reeves coming up next. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here on a Friday. Nick Getty's holding it down as J.P. is uh, feeling under the weather, so he could not join us. But uh, we are joined now by a very special person. That is Mr. T.J. Reeves, Buccaneer sideline reporter. T.J., how you doing today? And thank you for joining us here. Am I very special? I think you're very special, yes. Is that how this works? Yes, I think you're very special, so thank you. All right, so from a technical standpoint, I'm still hearing myself. Like coming back to myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Just to let you know. Yeah, I got you. Not that I don't enjoy hearing myself once, but I don't need to hear it more than once. No, so thank you. That all works out. Yeah, you should be. How you feeling on a Friday? You okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best here to hold it down. It's a lot different of a dynamic when you're kind of, you know, talking to yourself. It when feels you're like. in the, right, when you're in yeah. the chair. Yeah, right, when you're right? in the chair and you're pushing every button and you're playing all the sounds and then you have the technical error that you called out there because your mind's all over the place. <laughs> It's it's definitely it's. I have, those, it I have those issues all the time too. Yeah, but uh, let's get into some of the uh, the news. So first of all, the Buck schedule is out. We know where we're going to be 
every Sunday, True. Monday, or Thursday. You know, you now know where you can book all your your plane tickets for the away games this year. Which, by the way, I'm I'm sure you are very unhappy about December seventeenth in Green Bay. Enjoy that. Uh, we'll one. get yeah, we'll get to that. We'll up. enjoy that. Uh, but real quickly, we also know that uh, your good buddy Gene Deckerhoff is going to be returning for a thirty fifth yes. year. He announced that yesterday. Uh, do you have any insight for us how he came to that decision? How excited you are to work with him for another year? Well, look, it's going to be his 35th season, and he is a Hall of Famer. And you know, make no mistake, uh, he gets to decide his time frame on when he wants to to stop doing this. Now, he elected to stop doing Florida State football, basketball, and all the shows associated with it a year ago. Um, and so right now, as Gene has said to everybody, including me, including the Buccaneer bosses and all the fans, he would tell you if he was talking to you, this is year to year for him. So it's good to have him back for another season. And w- let's see what unfolds there. Uh, but he, he is the soundtrack of Buccaneer football yep. going all the way back to the late 80s. And when Buccaneer football got really good, as you know, Nick, you weren't on the planet yet, but as it got really good, with the pewter uniforms and Tony Dungy and Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and John Lynch and Rondé Barber, all those guys, by the way, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Mike Allstott, that whole crew, move forward to John Gruden and the Bull, Brad Johnson, who you have on the show uh, all the time, uh, to win the Super Bowl, and now come back around to the Tom Brady, Bruce Arians Buccaneers with Mike Evans and Levante David and the whole crew. Gene is the soundtrack for all of that for the last 35 years. So, yes, it's fantastic to have uh the uh the hall of fame voice of the bucks still be the hall of fame voice of the bucks and yeah and as for the schedule i think we talked about in advance i think i did with you guys but i believed all along privately and publicly that eagles game was going to be a sunny night or monday night yeah. game. so that did not surprise me just because of all the history you have with Buccaneers, Eagles, Buccaneers closed down veteran stadium with the nfc title win go on to win the super bowl in san diego uh, it, Buccaneers' first ever playoff win. Again, I keep making reference. Had your parents met in 1979 when the Buccaneers defeated the Philadelphia Eagles? Maybe, maybe not. I, I think my mom was uh, about don't say eight it. years old. TJ. Don't say it. Eight years so old. Leroy Selman, net. the late Leroy Selman, Doug Williams, Jimmy Giles, the late Ricky Bell beat whom? The Philadelphia yep. Eagles in the Bucks' first playoff win. Ron Jaworski and the Eagles. Uh, and, and even if you come into the present day, remember the Buccaneers beat the Eagles in the playoffs a couple of years ago with Brady against Jalen Hurts. So, I mean, that to me looked like that is a sellable Sunday night, Monday night. And they put the Buccaneers on prime time a couple of times early in the year because if it doesn't go as well as everybody wants it to go, mm-hmm. that's not the season is not over in September really for anybody. Yeah. Except like the Houston Texans, it's usually over. Maybe they'll be better this year. I think but, be, I need to be a little bit better, but uh, maybe you could use the Cardinals as your example there for this. Or year. the Cardinals, yeah. or whomever that's going through all of the retool, and so in any event, uh, it's interesting for the first six games at home. It's interesting uh, that you get those two primetime games in the first half of the season. You only play a couple of division games. What did I see? You play two division games out of the first eleven. Yeah, it's it's definitely right. it's definitely backloaded. It's it's very backloaded. You're going to get four of the four of the final six are division games, including at the very end. Yeah, it's, so it's five of the five of the last six are, are division games. Wow, how about that? Five of the last six. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting. It, it'll be an interesting schedule with the one freezing cold game 
in Green Bay, we think. Although we played, the Buccaneers played at Lambeau the first week in December, and that was the 2018 season with Jameis Winston. And that day was a 40-degree day in December, so we got off lightly there. Yeah, I do remember you that may, You may slash the zero. It may be a four-degree four day on December 17th. i got to start layering up now, Nick, uh, for that. Hey, but they, they cut you a little bit of a break because you get Buffalo in Week 8 on October 26th. And now, but as now more I'm than not, one person has pointed out, it can still have it snow flurries still, and lake effect and cold and. October. Let's hope not, but it's a cool Thursday night thing there. Yeah, the it, but I mean, it could be a lot worse. I mean, I, I don't know if yes. I, I told you maybe that I was at that that uh, Patriots Bills game uh, in 2022, the playoffs, where it was like negative 10. You were at that game? I was at that game. Where yeah. they had like 30 mile an hour sustained winds and the goalpost leaning over, and it was literally like sub freezing, if I, not. I have teens never, with the wind chill. I have never not wanted to be on this planet more than being at that game, or actually after that game, because when you're at the game, it's actually not as bad because there's people all around you, and you're kind of right. like, it's a little bit easier. How many layers did you have, Florida man? Let's six, see. five, six. I think I had five. Where I where I where I messed up on, where I messed up dearly. Feet, socks, feet, shoot, wrong shoes. Wrong shoes. Socks, though, were critical. Socks were like critical. Thermal I, socks. Yes, yes. I had those, but I did not have good shoes, so that was number one. And number two, I wore jeans. Ooh. Awful decision. I might have been like the only person in Buffalo wearing jeans. In Do that you weather. own what the Northerners refer to and the Canadians, I think, as long handles or long johns? Do you even own those? Yeah, Most I, bought, don't I bought own long okay, johns bought for that trip. Okay. Yes. Where you got to have something under the jeans. I mean, uh, it's... Yeah, so you know. And that was the game, by the way, where Belichick was literally trying to win. You could tell he was literally trying to win that game, um, if I'm correct. Was that was that not the Monday night game that was that cold? Or, no, you're talking no, about this the playoff was, This game. was the playoff the game. The earlier Monday like... night game that he won, they yeah. had run the football one time, and he was running like the, the Navy Veer option offense. Yeah. And he was trying to win a modern 2020s NFL game by throwing one pass. And he ended up having to throw a second pass later in the game or maybe I think they, they won the game, though. They pulled They did off. win the game. But he was trying to win a game throwing one pass in the modern NFL. He was purposely trying to do that. And then the Bills paid him back in that freezing cold game. Why, why, did you just want to go to a playoff game in Buffalo? Or do you have a family connection? <sighs> I, or how I, did that end up? It was so, like... Out of nowhere, like it was Thursday. The game was Saturday, and on Thursday, one of my one of my best friends from college is a big Patriots fan, and every the tickets were dirt cheap because who wants to go sit out there in that freezing cold? And he's like, I just want to go to the game for whatever reason. Like, I need someone to go with. Do you want to go? <laughs> and me being crazy enough to to go see a football game in, in freaking Buffalo for crying out loud on two days' right. notice. That was also my fir- my first plane ride, TJ. By the way. And it was you've a, never been on an airplane before until then? that moment, and that was a spur wow. of the moment. So you can imagine okay. the, the stress levels. Did you have a little anxiety? Uh, yeah. Are you okay? A, a bit anxiety, especially barf, bar, uh, barf bag handy or no? Were you good? I I was not okay, TJ. Especially when we were on the <laughs> runway and we were told to go back into the terminal because there was an issue with the plane. Yeah, that's never good. That's never. Good. But but young Jedi, let me say, if you're going to have a problem with the plane, you want it to be on the ground on the tarmac, yes. and at the gate. You yes. don't want the problem with the plane to be at 10,000 feet, 25,000 feet, 35,000 feet. It's a much better scenario. 
Uh, yeah, I would think just so. Just putting that out there. I would yeah. think so. There's never going to be a plane ride, though, that does not make me stressful. I'll just put that out. I know it's probably nothing to you. You've have probably you been, been on thousands. On have you been on a plane since? I w- my honeymoon, we went to Antigua, and that was a about a, eight hours total there and back, I think. And I was oof, over water the entire time. I did right, not. Right. I, no, no, I did not enjoy that. How did we go down this path? Oh, yes, the Buffalo Bills Patriots playoff yeah. game. So you get there, you go to the game. Did the Bills Mafia like welcome you? Were you weren't in Patriot stuff? You're not a Patriots uh, my, guy. My friend I was in, your my friend, friend was. was in a Patriots gear. And, He's in hostile territory. And there. he was he should have taken it off and thrown it and stepped on it and played the role of a Bills fan because we were not treated nicely. I think I said it on the show at the time. I'm never going back to Buffalo for any okay. reason. That is the worst city in America. I've established wow. it. I mean, it was like after the game was over. This is what I was saying was the worst part. Is the game is over. And now you have to find an Uber or a taxi to get home. And when I told – it took an hour and a half. An mm-hmm. hour and a half. The roads around there suck, okay? Well, right. It's it took about an hour and a half, know. and it spent it's about a- – it was $120 for an Uber back to the hotel. How far? By the way. How far? About 20 minutes. $120 <laughs> for an Uber. dollars per minute. Yeah. But for, those, uh, for, the, for that an hour and a half of waiting for the Uber, it's just standing still in the cold. I had frost all over me. I thought I was going into hypothermia. It was, it was awful. It was <laughs> you awful. Were like, you were like Luke Skywalker in The Empire Strikes Back, to make the metaphor. Yeah. You were in need of, uh, of rescue. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, hopefully it won't be that chilly. Uh, the bills are good. Uh, obviously, it's still a bad taste in their mouth that they came down here, and it was the wild game with the Buccaneers. Remember, we're winning yep. in the 2021 season by 21 points, and the Bills come roaring back in the second half and get the game tied, and I thought we're going to have a chance to win the game, but the Buccaneers ended up stopping them. They kick the field goal. They tie the game, go to overtime, and Tom Brady to Brashad Perriman over the middle. Perriman did the rest, and I'm on the sidelines going, happy post-game show, happy coaches show with Bruce Arians. We're happy for all of that Yep, uh, with the Bills. That's the last time they played the Bills. Hey, and to your point, just real quickly back to the Eagles game, which, by the way, if my memory serves you correctly, we got a four-game winning streak going on against the Eagles. The Jameis five-touchdown game in 2015. Yes. The Fitzmagic game round two. In, yes. In, in two incredible games. By the way, it still stands that Jameis is the only – I believe this is the case. You can fact-check me afterwards. He is the only rookie quarterback ever in the history of the NFL to have a five-touchdown pass game under the age of 23. That is true. I, don't, I do not believe he was 23 yet yep. when he had the five touchdowns. He had four of them in the first half of that Eagles game. Yep. And then, of course, Fitzmagic, the 400-yard game against Philadelphia in the opener – where like the second play of the game, or maybe in the first play of the game, is the bomb to Deshaun Jackson, yeah. and the Eagles should have just gone and gotten on the bus when that was over with. And he did, he then became, he not only was the first quarterback to ever throw for 400 yards on the opening day of the season, the next week he threw for 400 again and became the first quarterback, and he's still the only quarterback in the history of the NFL in the first two games of a season to throw for 400 yards. So... And he actually did it the third game as well uh, in the game with the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. Fitzmagic, 400 yards the first three games, but the first one was against the Eagles, to your point. We got a lot of good mojo against Philadelphia. So doesn't it feel then perfect? Like, that has to be the Rondé Barber induction. Like, that has to be when they're— That Monday night? I mean, some things are a layup, right? Oh, absolutely. 
there's a layup and then there's a Shaquille O'Neal dunk. Yeah. <laughs> or a Yao Ming dunk. Yeah. And that's, yes. that's they're going to show that. that moment. They're going to show that moment uh, of him picking that pass off and then fade up to Rondé standing there in front of the podium and and being in the ring of honor. Yeah, I know. I, it's a little bit I tougher. haven't confirmed that yet, but it makes, it makes total sense. It's perfect. I'm with you. I'm more so I'm looking you. like, where's my creamsicle game at? It makes sense for an NFC North opponent, right? Uh, but you got Green Bay on the road, so that's not happening. That's Maybe the Lions in the home game? Yeah, Lions week six kind of seems perfect. I mean, you were around for I don't those. Know the, I don't know if they would do it Bears week two that early. Yeah, that's a little too early. And again, the home I opener. say this to the uh, fan stream JP audience with Nick filling in. Believe it or not, they don't consult with me on these things over like coffee and donuts. Jason Light, and you're having your, your coffee right there. They don't the Glazers. They don't consult with me on when the throwback game would be because I've been getting lots of That's hey, when is the when, when's the game? When's the throwback game? And I don't know. But you make a good point. Uh, just connect some dots that maybe it is an old NFC Central opponent like Chicago or Detroit that they would do it against. Then again, maybe they save it for a game with the Saints. They did wear the throwback orange in a game against the Saints. That's the, last that's the time game. They wore it, yeah. Is that the last time total? Yep. Yeah, that yeah. was the last so time. So maybe they wore it. maybe that's what it'll be. Maybe it'll be a game against the Falcons. They would always play the Falcons in the in the eighties, uh, in the early nineties when they when they had the orange. So I don't know. I, I don't know when that's going to be. I look forward to it though. I, I have always, as Doug Williams, speaking of him, and Jimmy Giles, and even Leroy always said, we never had a problem winning in the orange. In 78, 79, 80. It can 80. be done. It can, it can be you done. You can, yes. You can win in the orange. Uh, we'll switch gears a little bit from the Bucks because I'm itching for football. I mean, we got, what, four months to go until we get to the season? Let's, yes. let's freaking go. The draft is done. We're kind of like in this holding pattern right now. Let's get there. Uh, but until then, we have the Rays to keep us excited. I know you love, yes. your, know you love your Rays. Unfortunately, they drop a, a three-game set to the Mets, four and six on the road trip. Uh, and my takeaway from this whole thing is that a lot of people are concerned about you know the bullpen and everything. They and I, should be. And I they am too. Be. I am absolutely concerned about the bullpen. But if there was an underlying hope here, they lost six games on this road trip, and five of them were by one run. Right, mm-hmm. so they're not getting blown out in any games. They're in every game. Uh, so, what are your th- overall thoughts here on the Rays this ten-game well, road trip? The concerning thing for the four losses to the two New York teams is shoulda, coulda, woulda. You had the lead late in every one of them, correct? And um, and then to give that game back on um, Wednesday, Wednesday night, yeah. right? To give that game back when you are up three two outs, two strikes, and give up the tying home run. And then you're up two in the extra innings and give up the three-run home run to Tampa's Pete Alonzo, playing high school's Pete Alonzo. Kill, he killed uh, us in every home, game. Playing high school alumni uh, unite, the Panthers of Paul Messia, uh, as a proud alum. I do not want to admit that this is my 35th Wait, um, you went to You went to plan as well? Reunion. You I went, went to, to HB plan high school. Wow. You are correct. You have quite, they have quite the correct. alumni there. And I, I think, yes, I don't know why they don't ever bring South your name Tampa. up. That's not fair. I don't know. It's probably because I was there before cell phones and the internet and those kind of things. But yes, a mighty plant panther, Pete Alonzo, blasting that home run. And there should be concern. They're injured in the bullpen, uh, but still, this is you're playing with house money right now with the way that they've won and the offense they have. And let's hope they settle back in against Milwaukee. And forgive me because I've been busy this morning. I don't have the full schedule in front of me. It's Milwaukee and then what? Uh, as they come back home. It is a murderer's row. It's Milwaukee who's in first place in the NL Central. It's Toronto who's a playoff team. Ooh, and yep. they're coming off uh, not a great series against the Yankees. I was going to say the Yankees just beat them up. Yeah. And then you get the Dodgers right after 
who are oh. playing like the best oh. baseball right yeah, now lights out right in the now. NL. So this is like kind of that period. And then you kind of get a lighter one with the Cubs and Wrigley, a little fun series on the road. But this right here, what we've seen since they started playing Baltimore, this is where we were supposed to see what the Rays were made of. And I think overall, I mean, I think they've passed it, honestly. I know oh, four and six, offensively, four and six offensively, is four and six, they but can, they've been in every yeah, game. They continue to mash the ball offensively. Um, and I know I caught the show about a week ago, and he's taking heat from every which direction for the uh, something's going on. I'm just saying, just saying, uh, Evan Roberts, um, the yes man sidekick for Craig Carton every afternoon on WFAN. Um, I didn't get a chance to hear them when the Rays scored uh, 373 or 590 runs at Yankee Stadium, and the, and the best was Sunday when ta- Taylor Walls, who's this Taylor Walls, and he hits the grand slam to beat the Yankees. At Yankee Stadium when they when they held on, and honestly, they could have blown that game. Aaron Judge was like one more hamburger from winning that game yeah. Sunday with the long fly out to deep center field uh, at the very end with two outs in the ninth. So, but still, the offense has continued to mash, and it's it's incredible. Uh, so let's see if that sustains now that they're back home. They relax a little bit. What's the timeline? Because I don't know. I know you guys have been talking about it. I'm not as up on this. What's the timeline that they believe that Glasnow can be back? Do they believe that's a week from now that he's going to try it? Do they believe it's not until June that he's going to try it? What, what are we thinking? Well, he had his last AAA outing uh, a few days ago, and he had nine strikeouts and four innings, 57 pitches. He looked great. I thought that they probably could have called him up right from there, but they're going to give him another outing. So I think he's probably going to get one this weekend in Durham or maybe Monday. And if all he makes it through that, no setbacks or anything, then I think he'll join the Rays for that following series which I believe that's the one where the Dodgers start or the Cubs series. So it might be here in the back half of May, first week of June type deal. But he is definitely going to be back here if we make it without the setback, which is desperately needed, by the way. And ideally, they didn't ask us, you would want that start to be at home where yeah. you know, you're climate controlled. You don't got to worry about is it still cold in Chicago, for example, uh, when he's going out there, those kind of things. Let's see. I mean, you're going to have to pitch in all kinds of conditions, and it's warming up most everywhere yeah. uh, here now. But I would be concerned about all of those things. And, and let's see. It is a long season. And even if the Rays scuffle along here for a couple of weeks and play 500 baseball or little more 500 they, baseball, they have the, the, cushion. The, start, the start was so massive that you have put yourself in the conversation. And if they start putting things together again here at home, they're still going to be uh, in great shape. Um, you know, it is, it, it, we just got to temper all of this. They've played what, 45 games? Yeah. You still got to play 120 more. And the bottom can still fall out as much as we're, you know, the Rays are never going to say that. Kevin Cash is never going to say, say that. There are plenty of teams that have started the season well in April and May and have fizzled out by the time you get to July, August, and September because it is such a long season. So let's hope it sustains. Yeah. They're a fun group. They are they are obviously together. They are tremendous offensively. So there's a lot of reasons to have optimism that it will sustain. Well, the good thing is history is on their side, right? And history can be a little bit of a funny thing, but of the six teams that have done this start before, four of them have won the World Series, and five of them have gone to the World Series. So history is a little bit on their side this time around. Just temper that and you know this, but temper it with some of those times there was only one representative from the American League and one from the National League. They weren't even playing a league championship series. So if you won the American League with that great record, you're in the World Series. 
So it becomes tougher when you have multi layers in yep. the playoffs of a wild card and then a divisional round series. And I know you know this and then a league championship series. But yeah, um, I mean, the fact that you could could cruise into the all star break at 15 or 20 above 500 and have a great chance to at least be a wild card team, if not win the division, that that bodes well towards making the World Series, especially. But it, it, again, it's a, it's a different season. I know you know that, but. It's yeah, I mean they they have they have greatly helped themselves out with how well they played, especially in April and the first week in May. Hey, by the way, because uh, you had mentioned the Roberts and Carton thing, and not to go down that whole rabbit hole, but wasn't it f- just hilarious that the day after we get the Blue Jays announcers kind of insinuating that Judge was cheating with the whole eye? Well, right. We had eye gate going on, and then if it wasn't bad enough there, the next day we have Domingo Herman. Who, oh, yes. I mean, it, he didn't just stick his hand into the spider. T- I mean, he, he put, like, at the entire can, in my opinion, was on this guy's hand. You saw the clip of him touching his... He touching touched him. the side of his pants, and it looked like he had been working on, a, on an automobile with grease and motor oil exactly. for about there 30 minutes. There you go, yeah. And they caught him, am I correct? They caught him previously and did not kick him out yeah. of a home game it was, and told him to go wash his hands. It was yeah. the same guy, am I right? Yeah, it was three weeks ago, and the kicker there, it was the same umpiring crew to boot. The same umpiring crew. And uh, look, you if you are told and warned repeatedly, don't have the sticky stuff on your hands, how stupid do you have to be to, to keep trotting that out there? Well, even, uh, a, even, a, even a day after the whole judge thing, you might have thought Boone would have said, like, hey, guys... <laughs> <laughs> let's let's maybe lay low a little bit here for this game, but no, we have to have three no hit innings followed by and Aaron and Aaron Judge is a generational talent hitting yes. home runs right now. Yes, but who we fooling? Who we fooling that he was getting tipped, whether it was a fastball or an off speed pitch, and that's the glance over to the dugout. But, but that's fine and though. Whoever had the signal was tipping him. Stop lying that you're looking over into the dugout. He wasn't even looking over. It was a split-second thing yeah. of, you know, is this guy standing up on – there's there's various ways that you can do it. Is the guy standing up on the dugout step? If he is, that means fastball. If he's not standing up on the dugout step and I glance that way, that means it's an off-speed pitch. Yeah. And they caught him doing it. So yeah. I mean, his explanation was what it was, but if he was It just, was a lie. Yeah, and the, the, it was the, a lie. The, the, his explanation was a lie <laughs> a that he bit. was not looking in the dugout because there, were ch- there was chirping. That's what you would do if time was called and you took a step out of the batter's box and you heard chirping and you're looking over. Is that Boone still in the dugout? I thought he got ejected. Somebody quiet him down. I'm trying to concentrate. Okay, that's, that's what Aaron Judge theoretically was talking about. That's not... I'm getting ready for the 90-mile-an-hour pitch. That. That's not the same thing. Not the same thing. That's fine. If he was getting... If they was while, we're calling pitches, people liars on the J, while we're calling people liars on the fan stream, JP. Who are you calling a liar? I'm calling Judge a liar. That was a lie after the game, especially when he laughed at the beginning and then thought, okay, how can I cover the fact that I haven't seen the TV replay of what they've seen and they've caught us because they were giving me the pitches. Now I'm going to come up with the arguing thing, and I was looking in at the arguing thing. That was that whole, you could tell. Yeah. JP's big on the body language and watch the reaction. and Watch that again. Yeah. And, and Trust me, we disagreed. We disagreed heavily when this happened. He was full-blown, they're cheating. They're cheating. And me, being, being Mr. Naive Nick, is what I guess I call myself, I heard Judge's explanation, and I was like, yeah, I buy that explanation. But then you come this out here. This is a team, though, that previously 
to the, all the Astro stuff was using the wristwatches, the Apple watches, to send yeah, text right. messages yeah. on this is the pitch and then signal the batter yeah. that it's off speed or not. So, look, sign stealing has been part of the game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for seventy five hundred years. You know what? You know what used to happen when they caught you doing that is they would drill you. Now that you're not going to drill with a pitch, hit by pitch. They're not going to do that, to Aaron Judge. We know yeah. that. So, for whatever it's worth, stay tuned. Um, I'm sure the Yankees will come up with something else creative. I still remember doing a bunch of Major League broadcasts with Jeff Nelson, the former Yankee setup man to Mariano Rivera. And he would give me chapter and verse on what they were doing for pitch tipping, for all kinds of things. This was going on back in the 90s when he played yeah. and has not stopped. So there you go. Yeah, It's gamemanship. It is what it is. Uh, let's switch gears a little quick before we wrap up here again. Uh, I wanted to get a little bit of NBA because the NBA, to me, has great storylines right now. I mean, that's, they always have great storylines, but it's been a great playoffs. We saw last night Lakers and Nuggets. But uh, first off, we had a, we had a lottery the, the other night, and I know you're up to speed with your college basketball and things yes. like that. Even though he didn't end up playing college basketball, Mr. Wambanyama, I mean, I was pressing my luck that we were going to get a rerun of the 93 NBA draft and the Magic were going to have some insane lottery luck and we were going to run right. that back again. Pat Williams needed to be in that room. He shouldn't be in Orlando trying to get baseball teams. He should have been in Chicago in that room with his rabbit's foot and his little four-leaf clover 30 years later. That's what should have happened, but it didn't work out. The Spurs get it instead, and you were around, obviously, for David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Why does this mm-hmm. team get insane luck? They tank for one year, and now they get the generational But prospect. this is what the NBA wanted when they created the lottery back 40 years ago nearly now. And, and of course, there's great skepticism that they rigged it for Patrick Ewing to go to the New York Knicks in the first lottery when they did right. the plastic drum with the circular drum and the logos in the big envelopes, hidden in the big envelopes, and drew them out live on TV. Uh, and then you mentioned Shaq going to the Magic, followed by the the uh, amazing ping pong ball luck they had to be able to get Penny Hardaway the next year. But now bear in mind, the Magic actually took Chris Weber yep. and traded three number one, traded four, three number one picks and Penny Hardaway with Golden State. Traded flip flop, flip flop yeah. with Golden State on that. Took Weber for Golden State and then made the trade. Uh, and at that time, I had just become a five-day-a-week sports radio host in this market in 1993. And I kept trying to talk everybody off the ledge that Penny Hardaway was going to be tremendous, that he was going to be the distributor of the ball, he was going to be the counterpart of, of what you would need, the complementary part of what you need with the big man Shaq. And the Magic rolled for about three years. And then O'Neal, Shaq pulled the ejection handle, exercised the out clause, went to the Lakers, and the rest is the rest. Uh, with that, But anyway... Uh, I am all in favor of the lottery because uh, the Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons, they were doing everything they could, the the Dallas Mavericks, whomever, to tank and lose and have the better chance. And the fact that the Rockets ended up with the the third or the fourth pick and the the Pistons were like the fifth pick while losing all those games. The Pistons had 17 wins, the worst record in the NBA by five games, I believe, and got the fifth pick. And again, that's what the NBA wants with the lottery. If you are going to tank on purpose to up your chances, we want you on some of the time, if not most of the time, to get burned by doing that because we are are trying to dissuade teams from doing that. And so here's the latest example. Well, well, I wish the NHL took notes because, you know, we had Chicago openly tanking, trading half their team (laughs) at the deadline. 
Right. And they had like the third best odds, I think. And of course, they end up getting the first pick. In Chicago, they go from one generational star to the next generational star. It's sure. It's how it goes. But to the point about Wimbayama, though, there was some wild quotes around this guy. Like, I'm not debating if he's a generational prospect or whatever. I know we love to throw that term around. But when I heard Woj go up there and was like, this is the greatest prospect in the history of team uh, sports, no, uh, I'm like, no. whoa. No. Settle down. Settle down. First, first of all, it's not even the greatest prospect in the modern era because LeBron James would probably be in that category in terms of a prospect as an 18-year-old. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant, by the way, was a tremendous high school player, and it took a year for him to get it into gear with the Lakers, but he eventually did and became uh, who he is. Ma- Magic Johnson was a 20-year-old, speaking of youth, was a 20-year-old out of Michigan State that revolutionized point guard play and made the Lakers into the Showtime Lakers of the 80s. And he and the Larry Bird Celtics, Magic and the Lakers, made the NBA what it became and yeah. what it now is uh, because of that. So this this whole, I mean, remember all the hype a couple years ago, three years ago about Zion Williamson? How has that worked out? Yeah, and to me, so Zion far. felt more hyped up than Wimbayama was. Yes, but because I think, we've been watching him at Duke. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard for me to get like this hype train because he's playing in, in France. We did the same thing with Luca. If Luca was playing, let's, you know it would never would have happened, but in an alternate reality where Luca was playing college basketball, right. Luka Doncic would have been the first overall pick. He wouldn't have been right. the third overall pick, right? And being traded for Trey Young. But when they're playing in Europe, it's just a different thing. And that's how I feel with Wambanyama. He cannot be the most hyped up this because he wasn't playing over here. Like, even in the social media world, I just don't see it was ever close to the LeBron stuff where we were playing well, and, high school and games you get all the, over. Well, you get this. It's in ESPN's interest to hype him as a generational player. Yeah. Why? Because they televise the NBA, including the finals. They televise the draft. They want to talk about the NBA all year long. Yeah. So it's in their interest to hype it up. Yeah. You know that. I know. I know how the game works, but I still can't complain about it, though. I still got to complain about it. Do you want a TJ story before you're out of here? I don't know what else you got rocking on the show here, but yeah, you, you always want TJ Yeah, give story. me a TJ story. Anything you got. Okay, so the four-overtime game with the Panthers and the Hurricanes, and I still shake my head, and I know you do too, one of those teams is going to be in the Stanley Cup final. So uh, the Panthers end up winning in four OTs, which I believe you've already been talking about and you will be soon. Did you already talk about it earlier? I didn't get a chance briefly. to hear you in the yeah, first I got second. briefly to it. Yeah. So that game got over with about 15 minutes ago. I think. What, who is the Panthers? Did you give the shout-out to the Panthers radio announcer who does the games on the road by himself? I want to get this right. Uh, for the Florida Panthers, he called the entire game um, last night, uh, beginning to end until almost 2 a.m., if I, if I have this, and uh, got to call the winning goal by Kachuk. In uh, in last night's game, let's see. Randy Moeller. Mm-hmm. Randy Moeller is his name, if I have that right. No, maybe it's not Randy Moeller. Maybe it's somebody else, if I have that right. Anyway, uh, he called that entire game by himself last night, including does what Dave Mishkin does and many other the great hockey radio voices into the four overtimes and got to call the winning goal in an Eastern Conference final playoff game in quadruple overtime. So quick TJ story time because you love this. You referenced Plant High School earlier. I'm going to go back to the uh, the TJ semi-athletic days. I, I was somewhat athletic. I am on the JV basketball team at Plant High School. This is 1980. 
1986, actually, 86-87 season. I am a junior. I am on the JV team, and we're pretty good. I wasn't playing very much. I wasn't really a prospect really at all to play on the varsity team. They were being good to me that I wanted to play. So I'm playing on the JV team. We had like an eight- or nine-man team. A lot of the times I was the eighth or ninth guy. There would be times that maybe I was the seventh guy. Nick, I would play like maybe 10 minutes a game. I had not grown into my feet yet. I wasn't that fast, but I could shoot the daylights out of the ball, especially if I was open. So I'm on the plant JV team. And again, these are in the days when it's 10th, 11th, and 12th grade before they switched things up with middle school and made high school 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th because the JV now for football, for basketball, for these different sports is primarily the 9th and the 10th grade. So we're playing a JV game. This is Plant against Plant City, Plant City High School. We're playing them on a weeknight during the school year, and it's going to tie in to Panthers Hurricanes last night. So the first thing is we are trying to get to this game in, in the traffic, leaving from South Tampa and trying to find Plant City's gymnasium for this JV game. And this is pre-internet. This is pre-cell phone, and the bus driver is lost in eastern Hillsborough County. We are now, we're supposed to get there about 30 or 45 minutes before the game. Game, as I recollect, would have probably been like at 7 after school, something like that. It's now 6.30, 6.45, and we are lost. We're not only not at the arena warming up, we're nowhere near the arena. Because I remember the bus driver had to get off the bus and use what? A payphone to call his bosses and try to figure out. There are new Google Maps, Nick Geddes. There are There is no internet. He's trying to figure out where we're going. I still remember we pulled up, I think it's Turkey Creek Middle School that still exists. Yep, we yep. pulled up to the Turkey Creek Middle School in Eastern Hillsborough County Gymnasium, and it's dark and all locked up because that's not Plant City High School. <laughs> he can't find where he's going. So we literally show up like 30 minutes late for the game, for the game time. It's now like 7.30. So they give us like 15 or 20 minutes to get there, get loose, get warmed up, and get ready to play the game. So the game is going along, and I am a reserve. I played a little bit in the game. I, I would typically play five or 10 minutes in a game. We now have foul. I think somebody got hurt, and we now have foul trouble, where I am playing at the end of this game, and I hit a shot on the right side, the now forbidden mid-range game. Now everything has to be a layup or a dunk or a three-pointer. There was no three-point shot, by the way, in Hillsborough County in these in that JV season. There's not a three-point line. So I hit about a 10-foot shot with about 30 seconds left, and I force the first overtime. My shot ends up being the tying shot. We play in a second overtime, and again, as I recall, I maybe played in the second overtime or the first overtime. I get in in the second overtime, and in the final seconds, I hit another shot at Plant City's gymnasium on the right baseline. I still see it right now, 35 years later, and I retie the game at the end of the second overtime. Now, these are like eight-minute periods, if I remember correctly. We're, we're now bleeding past like 10 o'clock, 10.15, and we're still playing this game. We go to a third overtime and Plant City hit a shot to tie it, and we now go to a fourth overtime. They've had like three guys foul out. We're down to like one reserve because we've had an injury and two other guys foul out. I've played more in the overtimes than I've played like in the last four games combined 
for the plant JV team. You love you're feeling me on this story. We go to the fourth OT, and as I recollect, I got fouled in the in the fourth overtime. I remember this, and I made two free throws to retie the game. I was a good free throw shooter. So they fouled me because they're saying, hey, there's the skinny kid with the big feet. Foul him. Foul him uh, before they can do anything else. So I make the two free throws. And as I recall, Plant City did something, got the lead. We had the ball. I didn't take the last shot. Somebody else took the last shot. We lose. Nick, we lose. We have lost on a weeknight in four overtimes. At Plant City, after we have been lost trying to find the game to begin with, that game did not end, as I recollect, till like, and again, there's no TV timeouts. There's no, that game didn't end until like 1045, 11 o'clock. So all I am saying to the Fanstream JP audience and to you is that you have you have now allowed me to indulge my memory, and I participated in a four-overtime JV basketball game that on two different occasions I kept the game alive with a shot in the final 30 seconds, and it was a buzzer beater, I think, in the second overtime, as I recall. So I have four-overtime experience, and I'm here for you on Fanstream JP, but it was a loss. I was kind of like the Carolina Hurricanes are right now. Had you, You're but, bummed because you did all that so, and you lost. So it was a loss, though, but is that still the highlight of your athletic career? Can it still probably. be the highlight even in defeat? Pro- probably in defeat because I have that story to tell. I, I don't have anything nearly that remarkable to tell about my high school athletic career because I figured out start using this, start talking as much as you can to stick around with sports because it's not going to be your athletic career. I'll tell you but, too, if you had if you had no uh, Google Maps nowadays and no phones and all that and you were still trying to find the Plant City Gymnasium at dark at nighttime, you probably wouldn't find it still. You would have trouble. You would have trouble. You would trouble probably still. still have trouble. That's right. In Eastern Hills but that story, everything I just told you is the gospel pre-internet pre-cell phones that's the way that it happened back uh 30 probably 36 years ago and now that's probably the winter of 87 my junior year i've got my 35th reunion coming up for the class of 88 of plant high school How about 35th that? reunion huh that's this summer 35 years ago i'm officially old nick I'm officially old, but I thank you for indulging me. I just wanted to tell a four overtime story on Fanstream JP. Yeah, and we'll, here on the show, and, on a JP. And we'll definitely show. end it on that one. We'll end it on a high note with that. <laughs> that was a great story. You took me on a on a. Did on I a, pay off? Yeah, you did. You took me you on like, me a like a winding road. I meandered. There. I mean, the fact that we were lost. I mean, we didn't get back. Remember, we ride back on the bus. We did not get back until like after eleven or eleven fifteen, and we're now trying to find something to eat in South Tampa to go to bed to be back at school at seven thirty the next morning for the weeknight game that went to four overtimes. I'm just here for you. Four overtimes. I could, a 4 OT JV I, I basketball can't, game. I can't imagine running up and down the field or running up and down the court four overtimes, and I can't we, imagine. Hey, I, had a couple of, I had a couple of teammates of mine, and if I recall, they never came out of the game. And again, it would have been eight-minute period, so that's 32 minutes. And then the overtime is like five minutes, I think, even in that scenario. Yeah. So that's 20 more minutes. They played 52 minutes and never came out of a JV game. Yeah, it's like the lightning. I, I was I, that's what I when I brought this up. I was like, this stirred up memories of the lightning in 2020 and, and Columbus in Columbus, where it was six overtimes. And, and last, remember that was a day game. Yeah. that began at like 2 p.m. or something. It was 3 p.m. and was 3 p.m. and was still going at eight and eight thirty and nine o'clock at night. Yeah, and the and the lightning had had. Food ordered, and I think Columbus too. They had a full meal during one of the intermissions yeah. after like the fourth overtime. Yeah, and that's what Incredible. I that's what I said earlier. I'm like that game was actually hard to get through 
because for the yes. last three overtimes, it was like watching beer league hockey because nobody could skate anymore. <laughs> nobody had. They were their exhausted. Legs. They were dead. Yep, they were so. dead. Six overtimes, right? Yeah. And uh, and it was a day game that turned into a deep into the night game. In that instance, we love overtimes. Yep, good memories. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, my friend, and the JP Peterson Show audience. I'm happy to spend some time with you. Uh, be well, and it'll be Buccaneer season before we know it. Go Rays. And uh, you guys uh, you guys be safe around Memorial Day as well. Yes, sir. TJ, appreciate you coming on. We'll see you, Nick. We'll see you later. TJ Reeves there. I told you we were going to go all over the place. I told you we were going to go all over the place. We had Rays talk there. We got some NBA draft lottery talk in there. We told great stories. Why is Sean in my stream right now with moving his hands in a weird way? I don't. You seem... Sean, I'm going to bring you in right now because you seem so excited. Hi. You seem so excited to be on this stream today. I'm so pumped. Sorry I'm late. I was supposed to be on at 11. We had other things to, we had other things to do. Well, you're good You're to... good because TJ, TJ, I allowed TJ to have story time, and I know you missed it, Sean, but he told about, oh. a, he told about a perfect 10-minute story here of, of a youth memory, of a youth memory when it came to sports, a four-overtime JV basketball game in 1987 or 88, he said. Four overtimes, a four-hour game just about. I'm going to go have to hear it. But let me tell you a 10-minute story for uh, my young life when I was five Wait years old. a second. Old. You're going to tell a 10-minute story now? No, I don't, have, I don't think I have a 10-minute story, but that's pretty impressive he did. I'm, I have to go back and watch it for real. But that worked out perfectly, I guess. That's great. Yep. So we'll, we'll, well, we got to take a break, though, Sean. I got you in here because I saw you waving your hands. You were, like, doing all this stuff. I was like, what's going on here? But we gotta, saying hi. We got to take a break, though, because we just went, like, 50 minutes there with TJ incredibly so uh let's take a break here on the jp peterson show brought to you by bay area modern medical center by the way again i'm your co-host dick Eddie's filling in for jp who is a little under weather but we're coming up here with sean green of the charge on podcast and nbc sports we're going to dive in to what we saw last night in the nba what's going on with the lakers what's going on we're going to get to that and some nfl news and notes as well stay with us Confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. 
Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to a Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. It's unfortunately not a football Friday. So we got four months to go there. So we got four months to go, Sean, until we can finally have our football Fridays back. It's still so far away. It's still so still far so away. Far. It's so sad. And then they were teasing me with this whole little... Uh, did you see that little Fanatics video they put out? Tom Brady sitting oh. there at that round table, and he's doing his thing, talking to C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and I think it was Will Levis back there as well. Which, by the way, Will Levis shouldn't have been there. He wasn't a first-round pick. Not in the, he's not in the club. But he I mean, found his he way was in. in the, he was in the club of guys that everybody was talking about prior. Yeah. So I feel like I loved the – like, it kind of got me pumped up. Every time Brady talks, it just pumps me up. Oh, I, forgot. Basically saying, I like, forgot I'm speaking to the ultimate – 
Brady like fanboy over here. I forgot. My bad. I'm back to being a fanboy. Yeah, I took can. a break. Now I'm back to being a fanboy. Yeah. Now, um, now I'm taking a break. You're, oh yeah. Well, that's fine. You know, I'm I taking understand. I'm taking a break until his bust in Canton is made and it's in Buccaneer Red. But anyway, uh, let's let's go over. <laughs> I'm gonna let you marinate on that comment. Let's go over to to what we saw in the NBA last night. Great action. Nuggets Lakers game two. Those damn Lakers, man, could not get it done again. Like, they came all the way back in game one, and I thought they needed to steal that. Realistically, I thought they needed to steal it, and they weren't able to get it done. And then game two, they come out, and they were looking really good. They were looking really good up until that fourth quarter. And, by the way, the stat of the postseason, potentially, LeBron James in the fourth quarter in the playoffs is one of 20 from three. One of 20. Don't ask me what that percentage is. I'm not a math guy at all, even though that's probably a layup percentage-wise, but I, I, I just don't know. What is that, like 2%? Five per, well, uh, yeah, I think you're right, 2%. Well, there you go. I was going to say 5 I don't so even I know. I don't know. even – we were journalism people. We, we were not <laughs> – in fact, cat out of the bag, I, I failed math in, in college. I, I will be, I'll be completely honest. I failed math in college, and I failed math in high school as well. See, I didn't fail math in high school or in college because I took uh, basically the easiest math you could take to get a degree. In high school, I failed. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what the class was called, but I failed it. Well, I, I failed. What makes it worse for me in eleventh grade? I failed the boom boom math class <laughs> known as advanced topics. Okay, wow. when you're in, when you're in a math class with freshmen, juniors. Sophomores and seniors, you're in a boom-boom math class. You know that. And I <laughs> failed advanced topics there. And then I went on and failed my first year of uh, my freshman year. I went on and failed whatever the, the tip the, – the, I don't know what it's called. You know what it is. It's like MAT1103 or something like some crap like that. I failed it, though, and I had to retake it the following year. So I'm the last person you want to come to for any sort of math. Let me just put when that we look there. at analytics, we, we go online and we see the numbers, and, and that's how we compute uh, what these players do. I can, I, can, I can do simple averages. I can add up stuff yeah. and then divide it by the number. That's about, that's about as far as I can go. That's about as far as I can go. I think because we're so good in sports, like we've been talking about it and researching it for so long, I think sports analytics we're like a pro at. If you gave yes. us a class on sports analytics – I mean, we passed that. We could probably teach a class on that. Well, I took, you, a, like, I took put, a class on that in college, and I got an A on it. See, that's the thing. Like, that is good math for us. Like, when we th- talk about, like, oh, what does math ever do for you? That math is the most crucial math I've ever learned in my life. Well, all besides, the, like, figuring out how to do banking. All the other math is crap, and fractions are crap, and I'm, and I'm yeah. Um, we're done, but I've already talked too much math here. Let's get back on course. Uh, the game last night, the Nuggets pull it out, 108-103. I just gave you that LeBron stat. Uh, first thoughts, Sean, your thoughts on, on game two there. I'm going to be honest, Nick. I'm just tired of people talking about the Lakers. <laughs> I Mike Malone, I give I 100% agree with him. Like I don't care. And listen, living near a small market team that not a lot of people talk about, it's frustrating. You got when, little man syndrome, I know. Yeah, like, oh, I do. When a team like Denver, who I think is a big market team, like Denver's a big city, uh, is a big market team, I get the Lakers are the Lakers, and you have to talk about it. But the frustration is, even last night with Murray's fourth quarter performance, 
nobody is talking about it. Everybody's talking about what the Lakers did wrong, what the Lakers need, the Lakers bench. Like, Rui Hachimura had a great game, but nobody else did. LeBron this, LeBron that. It's very frustrating because I if it, I would be frustrated. Like, the Miami Heat, nobody's picking them to win, right? Yet people talk about them. I, I am. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're very niche, and you're usually wrong. So, like, <laughs> that's that's the problem. With Miami, they win game one. That's what people are talking about the next day. Lakers lose back-to-back, and it's only Lakers talk, which is surprising since Nikola Jokic is an MVP player. Correct. Back-to-back, lost this year. So, in regards to the game last night, I think the Lakers had it. We, we saw it, right? They had it for pretty much all three quarters. You could see in the third, they kind of slipped there a little bit. The, the Nuggets were figuring some stuff out. And obviously, in the fourth quarter, it was Jamal Murray time. I mean, he took over. He he won them the game. I think that was the difference. If you look at the fourth quarter stats, it was Jamal Murray and three-point shooting. Yeah. So, that was the difference in the game. In the game, it was that fourth quarter, and the Lakers are going to need the the top performances from LeBron and AD. Like oh, AD that's was, what AD was brutal last night. What do you make four shots? Yeah, fourteen points, four I think of nine. But that's the that's the thing, Nick. Like it's this for the Lakers with AD. Like yeah. AD game one looks like Anthony Davis from twenty thirteen. And then the second game, it looks like Anthony, cripple Anthony Davis, yeah, like where he's not doing anything. So that's, that's why I can't it, trust the Lakers. That's why I I picked the Nuggets in the series because I was like, you got to get four great games at Anthony Davis to win the series because it's not it, this is not the LeBron show. This is the Anthony Davis show. They have to run things through Anthony Davis and not LeBron, right? And can Anthony Davis give it for can give you that? Can he give it to you four games? Four games out of seven. That's all I'm asking. I don't know. And here he goes and drops an egg like that in a game two. Got to have it. Uh, I hate to be series is over guy, but like the series is over. Like and the th- big, th- well, the big thing is if the Nuggets steal just one of them. Because if you look at like the home playoff yeah, records, the, 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 the Nuggets are eight and zero in the postseason. So are the Lakers. At home. The Lakers haven't lost a game at home either. The yep. only team that has lost uh, games at home have been the Celtics. They're like terrible at home. They're like five hundred. If the Nuggets steal a game on the road and beat the Lakers just one game at home, the series is over. Like yeah. now, granted, it's three one, and that says it all. I didn't understand, and I might. You tell me if I'm wrong, Nick. I don't understand. Like even before the se- series, I'm like, the Lakers do not match up very well with the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets. This isn't even a series, but everybody was making it out like the Lakers well, were probably going to the finals. Yeah, it's LeBron. <laughs> Come on, is. He carries a lot of weight, and I said this before this series. The one thing that will give me pause is I never want to be the guy to count out LeBron. I never want to do that because every time you try to count this guy out, he just he keeps coming. But here's – and I know you said you're, you're probably going to hate this, what I'm bringing up right now because you already mentioned probably. you can't stand talking about the Lakers. But this is more LeBron. <clears throat> Last night to me, my takeaway with LeBron, he is starting to show – his age. That doesn't take away that he's had an incredible season, right? But he is starting to show his age. We're late into a postseason run here. He's exhausted a lot of energy. He's playing 40 minutes a night or more on every single game, right? The offense is not running through him anymore necessarily, I'd argue. I think he's playing a little bit more passive than he usually has. I think that's true. Defensively, he's a shell of what he used to be. 
And yesterday, the concentration lapses from him are stuff I've just never seen before. I mean, he blows a dunk. I don't know what he was doing, personally. He looked like he was setting up to do a windmill. He was. He was. I mean, you're LeBron James. You got an eight-point eight lead. You can make it ten right there. Just go ahead and just one-hand slam it, two-hand slam, whatever. But he's trying to do a windmill, and it slips out of his hand, butterfingers. Later in the game, he has a layup underneath the rim, and he, I don't know what he was doing. He just completely botched it. It barely even hit the rim. He had a few other moments where I think he was a little careless, or it just, I don't know. Last night, to me, looked like my first moment where I said, something is is like father time is catching up with this guy a little bit. And I don't think he's capable of putting on that cape, right, and dominating a series and getting the Lakers back into it. I'll make a guarantee. I guarantee you, what would it be, Sunday that they play? On Sunday night, or no, tomorrow night, because tonight's Celtics. Tomorrow night, I guarantee you LeBron goes 30-plus and tries to take over. Like, because I think LeBron, last two games even, I agree with you, been very passive. Now, LeBron's always been a team guy. Like, he doesn't usually, you know, take over. He makes the right pass. He, he, he doesn't try to take over. Next right. game, you're going to see, oh, okay, that's LeBron, right? Now, can he sustain that? No. I don't think the Lakers are deep enough. Like, you need, like we said, LeBron and Anthony Davis to have the series of their life. Like, the Nuggets are just too good and too deep. Like, and that's the problem. The Nuggets bench is so much better than the Lakers bench, and it's not even close. So it's, you have to be better than them. Your superstars have to be better than Jokic and Murray. That's what it's going to come down to by a long shot, and I don't know if they can get there. And that's why I didn't see it being close. I get it's LeBron James. LeBron James is 37, 38 years old. Like, He's still a great player. He's still one of the best in the league. Mm -hmm. But when you're going up against a guy like Jokic, who is averaging a triple-double, you have to be perfect. And unfortunately, the Lakers are just not a perfect team. They've been really good, but they've also had to go up against the Grizzlies and the Warriors. That's taken a lot out of them. I mean, if they went on to win the finals, I think it would be the biggest or the best final run in the last decade because of the teams they had to face and beat. Yeah, I think it, they just hit the wall. They hit it, the wall. They've hit the wall. It feels like that. And it just, sometimes it's just a team's time. It really is. And it feels like it's the Nuggets' time. They've been at this now for a few years. They've kind of had this core, at least Jokic and Murray and, and you know Michael Porter Jr. together. Aaron Gordon has added a lot to, I think, their team. Uh, Contavious Caldwell, Pope. I mean, this guy was a, was a laughing stock when he was on the Lakers. And all of a sudden now he's a really good role player uh, for this team. Bruce Brown, Christian Braun, like... Jeff Green, who seems to find his way on every like good team around the league year from year, like they've built themselves a nice little core. And Mike Malone, I mean, I think Eric Spoelstra is the best head coach in the league. Personally, I, yeah. I think he always, I think he proves it over the last fifteen years. He can have a star. He doesn't need a star. Like he can just make it work, right? I think Mike Malone probably is right behind him when it comes to best coaches in the league right now. So, I think it would be very fitting if this was a Miami and Denver. Finals because I I I think Miami's going to win that series against Boston. I don't. I don't. I you don't think you think Boston's going to get back in? I think it's a five six game series. That's just my personal opinion. Wow. Um. I don't think Miami has the. I think 
the you'll never count Miami out just because of the grit. But I think just like the Lakers have hit a wall, I think Miami won game one outright. I guarantee you that Miami, it's going to be hard for Miami the rest of the series. I might be wrong, but well, Boston uh, is a better team. Boston is the better team, but the better team doesn't always win. That's doesn't, true. It doesn't always happen that way. There's a reason. I mean, Miami was an eight seed. Play, it was, was a play-in uh, team, right? And here they are in the conference finals, and they're three games away from going to the NBA finals. So uh, that's not always true. Uh, and the other thing with Boston that's alarming is I don't think Tatum has played, outside of the game that he had, the historic Game 7 performance, I don't think Jason Tatum has played as well as he could in these playoffs, especially in late moments. In fact, he shot zero times in the fourth quarter. How can that happen? How can that happen? He was being used as a decoy for half the quarter, not even touching the ball. It's weird. I think Tatum Tatum reminds me a lot of Anthony Davis in the Lakers series where it's up and down. Like I think Anthony Davis or I think Jason Tatum tonight is going to perform really well. Like I really do. I think Jason Tatum it's almost like Jason Tatum needs a kick in the ass a little bit to perform. Yes. yes. Like I think he knows he's so good and I think he gets so complacent being like, "Okay, I know I like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is lax against the opponents he knows he can outright dominate." Like in the next series, I think he averaged like 24 and people were like, "Oh, see the Knicks were better." It's like no, like he just was more passive because he knew he could really do whatever he wanted. Against better teams and better competition, Jimmy averages like 34. So in that sentiment, it's like I think Jason Tatum, he hears everything bad said about him, and then he flips that switch back to being like, I'm a superstar, I'm a top five player in the NBA, mm-hmm. which is a problem for the Celtics because, again, if you want to get back to the finals and actually win one, no chance you beat Denver if you're taking games off. No chance. Like, you have the ability to beat Miami because you have better talent. But Denver, Denver is a whole other beast. You, you got to get past Miami first, and they're not quitting. Yep. But I'll tell you one thing, Nick, going back to Denver and the Lakers, and this is kind of off topic. There are two players that this series right now are making themselves a whole lot of money this offseason. Austin Reeves mm-hmm. and Bruce Brown. Those two players, this offseason, the Lakers are going to lose Austin Reeves and Denver's losing Bruce Brown because they're going to be making both close to $20 million a year. Like, That's crazy. Austin Reeves was probably going to be making maybe like four years $60 million. In just this series alone, against the defensive team he's facing this playoffs, he has over 10 points like every game, and he's getting to the 20s. He's making $20 million a year. That, that is... That, uh... That is just crazy to me, though. This is the one part of the NBA that I... You have to pay $20 million to get good role players now. I mean... He's a starter. Is he? The, but that's the thing, Nick. You're looking... He's very efficient when he's on the floor. He is. He is. He's I, I, I shouldn't under I shouldn't undersell him like that because he's a kind of a player that I like. He adds some grit to that team, and I think the Lakers lack that before, especially pre-Russell... I mean, the whole the Russell Westbrook trade, that saved their season. That absolutely saved their season completely and changed their whole dynamic to get Hachimura and Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell. Like you had three impact players like that, and then you have the Reeves coming on in the playoffs. You only need six guys to begin with. You only yeah. need six guys because everything's so shortened. And those are the six guys, and then you throw Lonnie Walker in there, who on any given night can drop twenty if he wants to, if he gets hot. So 
yeah, I think you're you're definitely right. Those two guys and Bruce Brown as well. He's probably made his money, and we'll see if the Nuggets can uh, can bring him back. But it should be two very fun series. I hope we go six and seven here. I love long series, especially in the conference finals. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, just elsewhere, we'll wrap it up on the NBA here. One more note: I already talked the lottery with uh, with TJ. Unfortunately. I told him, I said, I was pressing my luck circa Pat Williams, 1993. Didn't happen. Sad. Uh, the Magic don't get win by Yama. The Spurs do. Those lucky little bastards that they have had three. They've had the first overall pick three times, and they're going to get three generational centers. How freaking lucky are they? Um, but the other big NBA kind of note going on right now is the ongoing Ja Morant situation. Uh, me and JP have talked about it a lot here. Uh, it's just one of those topics that I, I feel like a lot of people are, believe it or not, I feel like a lot of people are split right yeah. now on how they feel about this whole John Morant situation. And I think a lot of it sometimes is getting misconstrued a little bit, the whole of what really is the problem here. I meant to play this audio yesterday. Uh, we kind of ran out of time on it, so I'm going to play it here, Sean. I don't know if you've heard this yet. This was Charles Barkley the other day, and we know he's, he's going to tell it like it is. And I thought he had some interesting comments here, and it kind of sounded like he was calling out J.J. Redick, who that same morning on first take kind of compared this thing to, uh, to politicians who you know take pictures with guns and stuff like that. Uh, and this was kind of what Charles uh, said here, and I found it very, uh, very interesting as I get the audio here. Here we go. Well, first of all, I, I got to say something, man. We got some idiots, some fools, some jackasses on television that really just pissed me off talking about Josh should make a stand saying he didn't break any laws. He didn't do anything wrong. We're in a state where you can carry your gun. Those guys are just, they're just freaking idiots. And I only said freaking because y'all won't let me say what I want to say. It's we just all pay for it. It, it. it pisses me off when I hear guys say that, yo, man. When you're making $100 million a year to play sports, your life changes. There are certain rules and regulations you have to live by, plain and simple. You can't do stupid stuff. That's the trade-off. Now, if you want to do all that stuff and give all that money back, more power to you. You can make that stance. You know what? I want to do what I want to do. I want to flash my gun and make videos and do things. Okay, that's fine. But you can't make money on the NBA doing this stuff. I, I just hope that he grows up and realizes, like, yo, man, first of all, you're not a thug. You're not a criminal. You're not a crook. You're a guy making $100 million a year to dribble a stupid. 200. 200 million to dribble a stupid basketball. And it, you hit the lottery. We all hit the lottery to do something. There's people out there work nine to five, eight and nine hours a week, going to make $25,000 a year. They will kill to be in our situation. And, you know, Kenny's right. At some point, it's not your friends. Bill Parcells used to always say, and I love him, he says, yo, man, you're just an unlucky dude. Bad stuff happens around you all the time. You're just an unlucky dude. No, 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 man. You got to look in the mirror and say, yo, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. And it's, it's disappointing because the kid's a great player. But to be, like, to be a fool already, then be a bigger fool a couple months later, and this is like your fifth or sixth gun thing. And like I say, hey, I'm a guy, I'm a gun guy, but I don't understand why you're flashing it. My bodyguard teaches me, man, if you touch your gun, you better shoot somebody. It ain't for everybody to know you got, 
and he riding around with, I guess he think he would Anquan Fuqua and Steven Spielberg. You got your friend. Uh, that was Charles Barkley right there. And let me say, Sean, I agree with mostly everything the guy said. It was mostly lockstep with my take. Is I, I just see a lot of people making excuses for John Morant. Yep. And they keep going, oh, but he's just 23. Okay, he's just 23, and I'm not saying it is. And I've said this too. I understand he's 23, and he's got time to turn this around. But to Charles's point, we're on like gun incident number seven here, man. And you're 23 years old, and you just signed a $200 million deal. You're the face of the franchise. You're the face of sports in that, in that city. One of the faces of sports in that state, in the NBA, the world, right? And you got kids all over the place that are watching you. They are watching you. And when J.J. Reddick brought up the whole politicians thing, it's like my take on it is the kids are not watching the politicians. They're watching John Morant. So I don't see how the situations correlate, but I'll get your take on this whole thing. So I see both sides, right? I understand where J.J. was coming from. Because JG's been very outward with his beliefs, and that's fine. We're not getting into that. Yeah. JJ, I, I love JJ Reddick as an analyst. Me too. I think he's one of the best in the business. I think he says it like it is, where some other f- past NBA players don't really give you the full picture. Mm-hmm. Like Richard Jefferson to me, I don't really care for Richard Jefferson as an analyst. I don't think he really gives me that feeling that he was in the NBA. JJ Reddick goes there. Yep. To that point, I think, obviously, it's not the problem of, oh, he has a gun. It's what nobody's saying. To your point, he is one of the faces of the NBA. Young kids love him. I mean, he has a personality. He's made that very clear. He's done so many great things, giving his shoes to the kids after the game, making it a point to be that type of role model. Mm Mm-hmm. When you take on that mantra, you are saying, I want to be a face of this multi-billion dollar thing. I want to be the face of this business, right? When you show a gun like that, and I think it's a two-part, because when somebody says, oh, you have to watch who you're friends with, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, whoever he was sitting in that car with should have known, said, if I show my friend right now who's holding this weapon in his hand, it is going to put him in a really bad situation that I don't want to put him in. Now, knowing his history, it probably would have happened anyway at some point. Because clearly, for some reason, he just loves showing off his weapons on a camera. Mm-hmm. That's clear. Not saying he's a malicious person, nothing like that. It's clearly he just wants to show off his toys on camera. Unfortunately, you do have to look at who you're with. I don't care. He showed it for like a split second, right? That friend went, whoo, whoo. He knew what he was doing. Plain and simple. Because he knew that he couldn't show it for long. He had to show it for two split seconds, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one part of it. The second part of it is knowing who you are and knowing your role. I don't... Would we really be talking about this if this was... I don't know. Let's just say for... Any bench player in the NBA that nobody knows. If they showed a gun on camera, sure, I'm sure a local site would pick it up and they'd probably get punished. 
mm-hmm. it would not be national news where they're correct where adam silver seems very distraught on tv like i had conversations with him i thought we were okay clearly I, i'm i'm thinking the worst out of this mm-hmm. so my my whole problem with the situation is i don't know they keep saying the 23 i'm 24 not saying I, I'm nowhere near the situation he is, but I would know, okay, I'm making a lot of money here, This and I'm a role model. Probably not the best thing, especially not in today's climate with everything going on. I don't think we want to be setting that precedent for kids at no. the age that, that are looking up to him. That's what I said. I'm like, like it or not, when you get into a professional sports league, right, and you're really good at what you do, you are a role model. End of story. <laughs> you can deny it all you want, but you are, right? I think it might have been Charles Barkley who said something. It's kind of ironic because he had this take, but I think he was the one who said eventually, like back back in the day. I think he might have he might have been the one that said, "I'm not no damn role model. Like, don't pencil me into that." Maybe he's come around on that, or maybe I'm getting the player wrong. But to whatever case, you are a role model, and I think it is a, a big responsibility. And I think, like, you look at like a LeBron, for example. He's made it 20 years in the NBA. I don't recall any incident with him. It's amazing. No. Like he's kept it clean from an incident standpoint the entire time and been, you know, the greatest role model to a lot of people in the I Dream school and all those things. And I'm not saying that everybody has to go out of their way necessarily. It's just your actions are being watched and you got to be accountable for them. And sometimes I feel like we miss we miss it on a lot of takes with this kind of stuff and cuz again, if this was an isolated incident, it's, you know, whatever. Everybody's young and screws up and you got to learn. But we're on number 7. We're on number seven here, right? To me, you should know better by now. You should know better. And if you have one more F up after this, is basketball really for you at that point? I don't know. I don't know. So well, then it's, it, it's also just like straight up like, again, the Memphis Grizzlies are paying you $200 plus million. Yeah, and how much buyer's remorse are they having right now? I think it's more of a – I don't even know if it's buyer's remorse. I think it's like are we, we clearly want this player. This player is going to make us a franchise of the future. Are, are we even going to have this player be a part of our organization? And that, that question has to creep in their head of like we're going to do our best to get Ja the help he needs to try and become a better human being in the situation he's in. But, again, you brought up LeBron. LeBron is so squeaky clean. There are videos out there just with his marriage – where you have girls trying to come up to LeBron and he's like go pointing to his friend like get away from me. Yeah. Like that is a like regardless of what you feel about LeBron as a player, as you know, Jordan LeBron, it doesn't matter. Like he has been the face of the NBA for twenty years. I was gonna he's say he's been a model face. To me, the only thing that people ever knock LeBron on is people who are just again, I don't like to get political or anything, that's not me, but there's a lot of people that just don't like that he's outspoken about certain things. Like, that's probably the one thing that people have a knock and issue with him in. And again, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. That's whatever. I'm sure there's people that listen to this show who feel the same way. But I'm just saying strictly from a from an off-the-court standpoint, regardless of that, he's been squeaky clean for 20 years. 100%. And, that, and that's the type of player you want. So, yeah. Ja, I, I literally don't know where to go from here, but Ja needs to figure something out and look at the bigger picture here. And yeah, I agree with Charles. If if he looks at it and says, "I don't need the money. I want to do what I want," go right ahead. It'd just be a really bad thing for the NBA because he's a phenomenal player, and I think yep. he can really turn around Memphis. Yep, it would be a shame. 
All right, let's hit our final break here on the on a Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center, the Jeeves Law Group, the Golden Diamond Source, Italiano Insurance, all those great sponsors who continue to let us continue to do what we love to do here, and that is give you two hours of Tampa Bay-centric sports talk, mixed in with some national news as well, Monday through Friday, 10 to noon. I think I hit everything there, Sean. I think I hit it all. We'll come back here. We'll wrap up with a few news and notes and get you set for the weekend. Rays and Brewers, all those good things. Back in three. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. 
During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back. On a Friday here at the J.P. Peterson Show, Nick Eddie's filling in for going solo, rather, without J.P., but joined here by Sean Green of UCF Charge On Podcast and uh, NBC Sports as well. We got a few minutes left here in the day, and Sean, I wanted to, real quick, we got about five minutes here, and, you know, we can plug it here, our next, our next Charge On episode, which should be dropping, what, today or tomorrow, right? Today. It'll today. be dropping here in about an hour. <clears throat> It's going to drop today, and we, we talked about a very timely thing right now, and we discussed it earlier this week uh, with Kurt Weiler of the Osceola from the Florida State perspective, and that is the, the, this whole Magnificent Seven thing with the ACC and possible um, expansion. So I'll let you have the floor, Sean. This is a topic that you've been following along with, and we both have, obviously. Uh, what you see as the future for the ACC and where things go with this, uh, this Magnificent Seven here, which I think is a goofy name, by the way. Very goofy. It's, it's really stupid. I felt so stupid saying it last night when we were on Charge On, but um, no, I, I, I've been very honest about how I felt about the ACC and where it's headed since we were talking about the Big 12 and Pac-12. I think the ACC is dead upon arrival. It's been dead ever since 2021 when Oklahoma and Texas left the Big 12 because at the end of the day, you knew that schools now were going to focus more so on the price point than the destination. At the end of the day, if the American Athletic Conference was making schools $100 million, everybody would be going there. So as much as the ACC has been a cornerstone and it's brought a lot of great memories for schools and great rivalries, it's dead. And I don't care what anybody says, give it a couple years. Whenever all these schools want to leave, at the end of the day, these schools are looking out for a reason. They want to make more money. We all know the schools that will be going to the SEC. It's the worst kept secret in college athletics. It's basically where are all the other schools going to go? Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to want to stay in the ACC. The contract lasts too long. It's not getting made to 2036. Nobody's going to be in that conference in 2036. The only way I see it stay, sticking around and being a conference is if all of the non or the irrelevant schools that are in the non-Power 5 that the ACC is offering them a bid – they all go up and make, again, a non-Power 5 conference. That's the only way it stays alive. But we were going through some of the schools last night, Nick, and we're looking at them and we're like, would they even really be a Power 5? Are they a Power 5 school? Like, they could, like, 
they go to the American, there's probably some American schools that would beat this team like half the time. So yeah. it's a sad time in college athletics. I hate it. But like I said last night, and please go check out Charge On when it drops, it's kill or be killed. And and right now the ACC is the prey. It's just when the Predator is going to hunt on that prey. Yeah, and I, I feel like there might be some legal options potentially for these schools to try to get out of this contract. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, some of it's very complex and a little bit difficult to understand, but I believe there are some legal ramifications they can get out of this deal and get out of the SC, or the ACC without having to pay $120 million this exit fee, <laughs> which is crazy, by the way. That is absolutely crazy. $120 million pay you have to pay. But yeah, I think Clemson would definitely pay it like tomorrow. Uh, maybe Florida State would do the same thing, Miami, North Carolina, right? But definitely an interesting time to be sure in college athletics. Uh, I echo what you say. I hate it. I hate when rivalries continue to get broken up. I hate that UCF and USF are not playing anymore. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it. But to your point, kill or be killed. Good little way to wrap it up there with that quote. I love that. All right, it's been a fun day here on a Friday without JP, but you know we love when he's back, though. He'll be back on Monday if he's feeling better, which I'm sure he will after this weekend out there at the Pro Padel League uh, this weekend, so we'll bring you more stuff from that. Rays and Brewers this weekend. Hopefully we could turn it around. Some home cooking now. Nine games or ten games uh, at home for the Rays. Your 32-13 and 13 Rays.